Star Wars 7x7 episode 3077. Today is the second episode in our series of looks at Andor season one. Now that the whole season is out, now that we've had a little time to digest, today we're picking up on a theme that we kind of started with the previous episode about unresolved storylines, except this isn't necessarily an unresolved storyline so much as it is some backstory details that are not quite resolved for us. So we're going to speculate a little bit, but we're also going to specifically focus on the journey of Bix Colleen in the season so far. Punch it. Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So when I say Bix's journey in the season so far, I mean her journey so far in this season now that the season is wrapped up I think maybe that might be a little clearer way to put things but let's look <laughs> what happened with Bix and also a little bit of the backstory so there was a production document that had been released and published by Disney online which revealed that Bix Colleen's parents died and left her the Colleen Sal Yard. And so now she is running this salvage yard. So that's an interesting bit of backstory to get. I don't know if it technically counts as actual canon, if you will, the actual storytelling, since it wasn't said inside the Andor series, but I think it's fair to say that that's probably official backstory, at least as official as we can consider it. Now, her story is also tied into Salmon Pack's story to some degree. Salmon, of course, is the owner of the Repack Salvage Yard, which is the salvage yard where Bix goes to sneak in the back and use that fractal communications device to get in touch with Luthen. Salmon himself was recruited by a woman. That's as much as we know about this person, but I think we're presuming it's Clea Markey. And ultimately, we're given to understand that Salmon made the connection between Bix and Luthen. That relationship has been going on for the better part of two years. I think they said it was two years since Salmon and the mysterious unidentified woman met up. And so, yes, we're saying it's at least over a year, probably as much as two years potentially. But the question is, how long has Bix had a side game going on prior to Luthen being involved in that side game? And what I'm talking about with the side game is that according to you know, what we understand from the series so far, Bix had a deal where as she was bidding on this salvage stuff that was being delivered from various places, somehow she was getting the people delivering the salvage to not remove all the equipment that was still working and valuable that wouldn't be treated as salvage. So that way she could then turn around and sell it on the black market. She may have been doing that for some time prior to Luthen getting involved. And then when he was involved, she was bundling up the ill-gotten gains from these salvage bids that she was landing and giving them all to Luthen or selling them all to Luthen. But one wonders, how was she arranging these deals? And that is where we get into a little bit of speculation because we know that Cassian and Bix have a professional relationship in addition to the on-again, off-again personal relationship. But what exactly was Cassian doing for Bix? It seems like the most reasonable answer is that 
As Bix was bidding on these various salvage jobs, Cassian may have been acting as her agent to go and meet with people to make the arrangements for equipment to not be pulled off of these ships. So that way when it arrived at Ferrix, Bix would be able to retrieve all this equipment that should otherwise have been removed and then be able to bundle it up and sell it on the black market and that black market could include Luthen Rail. That particular bit of speculation, supposition, would explain why Bix is particularly put out about Cassian having an untraceable NS9 Starpath device when she thinks that it's something that he held out from her. So why would she think that if he wasn't also involved in some of the other equipment that she was actually getting a hold of? I mean, we have no idea how Cassian was actually making a living on Ferrix. It didn't seem like he was actually working with the scrappers like Brasso. He certainly knew Brasso, obviously, but it does not look like he was working with him. And Cassian's behavior is certainly scoundrel-like as we are introduced to him in those first couple of episodes, not only for shooting Priox Morlana corporate officers in cold blood, but also with Bix noticing that he's kind of beat up and thinking that it has to do with a jealous husband catching him. But I'm digressing a little bit. The point is, it seems like Bix has employed Cassian to be her go-between in making sure that some of the parts on these ships are not removed so that she can make money with them in the black market. Until everything goes astray when her co-worker slash lover Tim rats out Cassian and the Preoxymore Lana folks mess everything up and are kicked out and the Empire comes in and then Salmon Pock gets interrogated and gives her up and then she's brought in for interrogation and broken horrifically. And we know as a result of this interrogation that she reveals everything that she's passed on to Luthen, but not Luthen's actual identity, we can presume that she has also revealed Cassian's involvement in whatever these deals were, which still keeps the heat on Cassian, but what we don't know, frustratingly, is what she did when she was presented with the hologram of Anto Krieger, whether she falsely identified him as Axis, which was Miro's code name for Luthen Rail, or whether she said, no, that's definitely not him. I kind of want to jump to the conclusion that she did peg Krieger as Axis because of the you know, tear falling down when she was faced with that situation. But yeah, we just don't know. We really don't know. Ultimately though, there is hope for Bix in her rescue by Cassian, but not just from the rescue, but the fact that she seems to be coming back to herself by the end of season one. When Dr. Gorse talked about the folks that they found who had been horrifically affected for the first time by this, you know, a natural like death keening that the, this particular species was letting out, right? There was nothing about how they were dealt with or whether they were cured. They were just, you know, left as huddled masses, basically, as he was telling Bix about it. But we don't get an idea of how they're healed. We just know that 
the more that people are exposed to this particular audio torture, the greater the damage is going to be. It seems like Bix is actually starting to recover by the end of season one. There is a coherence and awareness of her surroundings that she demonstrates by the end of the season, which after she had been through the torture initially, when we see her, she's definitely not with it whatsoever. So what will Bix's fate be in season two of Andor? She certainly seems like somebody who could be very useful to a rebel alliance. She knows her way around ships. She knows her way around salvage. She knows how to repair ships. She knows how to operate in the black market. It seems like she would be a particularly valuable person to have around if you were trying to build an active resistance to the Empire. She had no love for the Empire prior to the events of Season 1 of Andor. Certainly she's got no love for it now. I can't imagine that she will want to be anywhere near the front lines, per se. But yeah, she now is deeply invested in the cause, I think, and will be actively assisting in any way she can. And so that's what I've got for you about Bix Colleen as we look back at season one of the Andor series. And that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it. As always, and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.